0: We'll mm-hmm. is more satisfying than improving your riding skills. It feels good to be in better control of your bike and it builds your confidence so that um, when you get into a situation that you maybe hadn't ridden ridden through before, you could do better this time or maybe do where you couldn't do before. But perhaps more important than that is it makes you a safer rider because having more control over your bike is what you'll need when things go pear-shaped, something goes wrong on the road. So today on our exclusive Rider Skills Series, we once again have Jimmy Lewis. He's going to teach us how to use the rear wheel skid for steering purposes. Yet in learning this advanced maneuver, we also learn how to control our bike if it were to slide on the road by surprise. Because once you've mastered it by doing it on purpose, when it happens by surprise, you already know what it feels like and you know how to handle it. It's a fun move as well that um, is also useful on the trail to make a quick turn off of the trail that you're on onto something else by swinging the back end around. control and buzzing up the other trail we also have a bit of a chat about small adventure bikes and the electronics that goes with most new bikes all this coming up on today's episode my name's jim martin this is adventure rider radio stay with us we got a good one for you before we get started i want to thank these fine companies that helped get this episode out today It's wind pressure that powers the Motobreeze chain oiler. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers the oil to a felt pad on your swing arm. No nozzles near your sprockets. One ounce of oil gets 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets. Motobreeze.com And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And, of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear, greenchiliadv.com. Best Rest Product is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Tech filters, cyclepump.com. Rider Skills is an exclusive program we developed here at Adventure Rider Radio, designed to give you the tools that can improve your riding skills both on and off-road. Now, this segment is not meant to be a substitute for professional training. These are ideas and concepts that should you choose to try, you're doing so at your own risk. Now, today we have x racer Jimmy Lewis. Jimmy has been riding since he's about eight years old. He's a Dakar podium finisher and class winner. He's won the ISDE four times as a gold medalist, as well as a Silver Vase Junior World Champion uh, at the same race. He won the Baja 1000 in the Dubai Rally. He spent time working as the off-road editor for Cycle World Magazine. He's now retired from from racing professionally, um, spending his time doing what he loves to do, and that's training others to ride better and to handle their bikes better through his school called the, uh, the Jimmy Lewis Off-Road Riding School. Jimmy, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio. Oh, hey, thanks for having me on. So what is um, what's summer like for you in, in the desert? Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you know, it's been really hot where I am right now. I'm in Ontario, Canada, and it's been really, really hot. And, and as we're getting ready to do our talk here, I'm thinking, what is he going through in the summertime?
1: Um, it's it's been it's been a little bit hot for even by our standards. So uh it, it just kind of means no riding during the day. Oh, <laughs> so it's that hot. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing we've been doing uh you know, in riding at night and stuff mostly. It's funny cuz I've been doing a lot of motorcycle testing and we've been actually riding at night.
0: You don't have problems with animals riding at night?
1: Oh no, no, no. It's the desert. I mean, small things. I mean, the so the other night when we were out, I mean, lots of rabbits, um lots of uh we have the kangaroo rats, little little tiny things. Mm-hmm. Uh saw a fox, um a little little kind of kit fox and uh God, there's one one other one other thing. Uh, I forget what it was. There was something else that was kind of unique that I, you know, used. the foxes are a little unique and there was one other thing that we saw and I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, but it was like kind of like a wildlife <laughs> viewing.
0: Wow. That sounds great because here you have to worry about deer and, and they're terrifying because they're big. They will take you out and they lurk in the ditches everywhere. So any, anywhere you're riding, it doesn't matter if you're riding a trail or if you're riding the road, probably worse on the road because you're going faster, but, um, yeah, real danger at night.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I, that that does scare me when I get to places that, you know, have deer or, or moose or all oh, different yeah. kinds of uh, bigger animals. But yeah, in the desert, not so much, you know, tortoises don't really uh, <laughs> knock you off your motorcycle, but we're not <laughs> or, supposed to touch those anyways.
0: You don't want to hit them, but but I, no, mean, yeah, no, I, mean, not gonna... I don't
1: want to hit anything. you know, and uh, like our, our rabbits and our, our, you know, rats and stuff like that tend to be suicide. I mean, I know they just sit on the side of the road and they go, look, I'm going to miss this tire by like a millimeter yeah. and they don't.
0: <laughs> wow! So, hey, so what are yeah. you riding for? For new bikes, have you been trying some of the, the small adventure bikes? The I mean, it seems to be a big craze on them now.
1: It's been a, a real big mix. So the the one we just gave back was the Honda Africa Twin, the standard transmission one, and we're picking up a DC. We're trading it back for a DCT, the the adventure sports, like the full, like the fully loaded one. Um, we have a KTM three ninety adventure that we're kind of doing a little bit of a project bike on. Mm-hmm. So we're modifying it a little bit and uh, seeing what we can get out of it. Uh, we just did a spin on the Tenere 700, um, which I uh, have a really nice video up on uh, dirtbiketest.com with me and my wife. We rode it basically back down from Idaho, back down to Nevada um, on a few day ride and uh, did some camping off it. And and so it's been it's been a little bit of everything lately.
0: Nice, wow the the, uh, the Tenere seven hundred. Were you really impressed with that?
1: Really impressed. I I kind of I mean w- it was late coming to the United States, so so you know there was definitely a lot of reviews uh, of the bike from overseas and stuff, and it was it was kind of the typical. Well, it's no KTM, and like I kind of expected that. But, um, I, I'm a little, I guess my, my opinion is a little bit different than everybody else's. I think it's uh, a lot, it's definitely different than the KTM and I'm not going to say that it's slow and I'm not going to say that it's soft or not, you know, not hasn't, doesn't have the ability to be aggressive. It's a, uh, it's a really, really good bike. And we kind of, we kind of go through a lot of that when in the video and, and kind of explain it, uh, a lot better.
0: So, so what do you? Um, when we've talked about this before, you were talking about the confusion with all of um, what, you, what you were you were saying entry level bikes. I'm not I'm not sure as I, I see them as entry level bikes, but but I guess what we're talking about is the smaller uh, adventure motorcycles.
1: Yeah, I um, because with our schools, we, a lot of times we get questions and people they they they'll after they come and take the class, then they'll say, "Hey, Jamie, I'm thinking about buying this or that, or maybe even before the class." And we always tell them, "Hey, don't don't buy a bike until you come to the class because." your idea of what you're looking for may change. And I I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's confusion so much in that the bikes aren't clearly defined what they're good at doing, you know, and, and, you know, you do a little research on any bike and you'll, you'll get a good grasp of it. But a lot of times the, the, the rider just doesn't know exactly what they want to do, like where their interests are going to lie and what direction, um, you know, their, their riding will take them. And more often than not, I see riders making mistakes, um, you know, kind of sort of buying the wrong bike because they didn't know the right questions to ask when they, you know, when they were in the purchasing mode. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of goes in all spectrums. I've seen with, you, you know, guys get their first dirt bike and it's a BMW GS 1200. And they, they literally call it a dirt bike. And I'm like, Whoa, that's kind of like an adventure bike. And it's on the, it's on the more real adventure touring end of the, of the spectrum, you know? And then with, with the smaller ones, a lot of times, you know, riders tend to, they, 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 a lot of times they shy away from the bike because of the displacement. It's like, Oh, that 300, that, uh, you know, 250, there's no way it can keep up with, You know, I, I know, you know, my, my buddies that I'm a ride with might have a 900 or a 1200 or something like that. And, and that's often not the case. I mean, there's, of course there's speed limits (laughs) that, that, that preclude, you know, them getting away from you. and sure they'll accelerate harder, but in the grand scheme of things of how, how fast they go, um, it's, you know, they'll, they'll go the speed that you need. And then they're, the advantage of the smaller bikes is the lighter weight, the easier maneuverability and then, and then for sure, a lot of times, you know, lower seat height, um, just easier to control. And it's like, do I have to sacrifice those traits that might be good for me as an, as an, as a, you know, newer rider to be able to go a certain speed or to be able to go fast and long distances. And those, the, some of the small bikes are, are really, really capable. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, we test all of them. They're not in my wheelhouse because, uh, I guess I'm an advanced rider, <laughs> but to say that, to say that the bikes are not very, very capable would be sort of an understatement. And it's just like, you, you know, you look at the pro if, at that price level, it can't be any good. Or if it, if it has this kind of suspension, or if, if it's, if it has this type of wheels, it can't be any good. And it's like, no, they, they, they do all the things a motorcycle needs to do.
0: Yeah, and this one thing I, I the problem I always have with with um, when people talk about entry level bikes and it's a common reference the, the dealerships do it the manufacturers do it, it to me it's more purpose level bike like in other words a, a 250 doesn't mean that you're buying it because you're you're entering the market a 250 you may buy because you're sick of picking up the 800 or the 1200. I-
1: I, I, I couldn't agree more and 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 I have some some of my uh my buddies that I ride with that are very seasoned riders and we'll just say that they're way up there in age and, and they all used to ride the baddest motorcycles known to man. They're all back on 250s you know <laughs> little 250 cc crF 230s and 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 they want to ride the KTM you know they see the KTM 390 and they're they're a, they, they don't even want to touch my 1090 but they see the 390 and they're like, hey, that doesn't intimidate me. I could, you know, I could go out and take this thing for a ride. Yeah. And so. Yeah, that's how so, I feel every time
0: I have to pick my bike up. I, I never once do not have the thought of I could use a, a lighter bike, a smaller bike.
1: Yeah. I, I don't ever want to pick my bike up. I don't even care if it's a small one.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you're at that so. level. I'm not, I'm not at your level, your level, Jimmy. I'm still no, picking my bike up from time to time.
1: That's, that's why we work on the riding skills, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: That is exactly it. What, what what about um, like when it when it comes to all the new bikes? Really, I mean, everybody is going more advanced for um, the electronics on the bike. How do you feel about the traction control, the ABS, all those different things, including? And this is this is one that my son mentioned to me the other day. He was uh, last week, I guess, or a couple of weeks ago. He was he was looking to buy a new bike. He did buy a new bike, but one of the bikes he mentioned connects to through Bluetooth to his phone or to his his helmet comms. And, and I said, boy, like, you know, I wouldn't be making that part of my purchase decision. And, be, and besides that, you're going to have that bike a lot longer than that connectivity program will will be uh, new, you know, all that sort of stuff gets old after a while. But, but how do you feel about all the electronics on it?
1: I'm, I, I, it's, I'm torn on it. And so there's, there's two levels of electronics that, that, that I'm seeing right now. So there's, there's all the engine management stuff, traction control, braking ABS. Um, you know, they have lean angle ABS and lean angle traction control. And it's, it's on some of the higher end bikes. This, this stuff is so, so complicated. And I've been involved in some of the development testing. So I, I'm, I'm pretty keen to what they're trying to do and, and, and how they're, how they're trying to do it. And it's, it's literally amazing. Um, what they're able to do. But for a rider like me, that's come from, you know, completely hundred percent analog to start trusting the electronics to, to do it is, is pretty crazy. Um, and, and a lot of times what I get used for is they, they have all the sensors on the bike and they turn, they t- turn stuff off, you know, and, and then they ask you to, to do something to basically to do something and recover from it, you know, and, and they want to see what the, the, what successfully avoids the, the, the problem, you know, so, so, so you'll what get are
0: you a, talking about This is in development. You mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. In development.
0: Oh, I see.
1: And so like, imagine um, you're, you know, you you're normally a good rider when they're, when they're on the brakes and they lock the front wheel up, uh, we'll absolutely make sure that we're going in a straight line. And if we're not going in a straight line, we will release the brakes. So we're like sort of human anti-lock braking. It's just, that's what you've learned to do. So, so, so they'll have you, like go around a turn and then lock the front brake, you know, on, on purpose. And then they, they want to see what you do to recover. Of course, you're releasing the brake, but they also, you know, there's stuff to figure out what angle you, what angle you do what, and, and, and if there's any inputs into the steering, you know, to see if there's, you know, kind of just strange, um, it, it, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. So you in- mean to say
0: that they're, they're going, they're taking from the analog and turning it into digital. In other words, they're watching what a trained rider has learned to do. And then they're trying to mimic that electronically. Right.
1: Cause, cause wow. they've also had, they've also had not so um, high level riders. They ask them to do sort of the same, the same kind of things. And it's funny cause they can and will crash. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so um, it's, it's, uh, it's just some, it's just like, it's basically data acquisition, but what it's doing is it's it's giving them a, a different set of parameters to work with. So it it's it's certain, you know, they, they can do a ton of testing like in the in the in the digital realm, but then they actually have to kind of go out and and start simulating this. And it's been relatively easier, I guess, on road, on the on road side, because traction is a lot more consistent. But off road, the traction is so, so strange and it seems like they could be, I mean, in my opinion is they could be a lot more aggressive of what, with what they would allow. Cause the computer is so fast. It does stuff that's, that's amazing. Um, you know, when it senses that it's leaned over too far to be able to, to grab traction, but the, you know, tires, if you have a good tire, a tire does a really good job of, of, uh, you know, a, a knobby type tire will do a really good job of grabbing traction where maybe a round tire wouldn't. And, and here's, and that's another thing is a lot of these manufacturers develop their traction control and their ABS around the performance of a certain tire. And if you change that, so changes mm. the way that the the, the, the the bike is essentially connected to the ground.
0: Yeah, especially when you're talking lean angles. I mean, that that's just what you described there. That there's a right. huge difference depending if you're on the street or if you're in dirt for both sets of tires.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's amazing, but that, so that, I mean, I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, really interested to, to see how that works. And, and so my take from it is a lot of times, and, and I'm sure when we start talking more about skills, that's why I always say that you should practice this stuff with, you know, if your bike has ABS, you know, we, we say when you learn it and everything, you're turning the ABS and everything off so that there's no interference and, and the bike doesn't start doing something, but you need to turn it on. And see how the bike responds with, you know, the that because it takes over sometimes. It does something that maybe you're not, you know, familiar with. And and I I literally get in fights with vehicles, um, that that have these kind of things because my wrist does something, that that maybe with the throttle, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe it does something with the butterfly valve. And says nope, that's that's spinning. I'm going to turn it off. And I wanted more, so I turn it farther, and it opens up. And then by the time you, you know. Everything's going. I'm, I've kind of given up. Maybe I've shut the throttle off. And it says, now we've got traction. I'm going to gas it. <laughs> mm, nice. And and I, my first, my first ever real accident where in a, in a car where I bumped a car up against a curve was a, was a BMW car uh, that had actually had steering assist. And, and it was in a parking lot. I was coming out of a parking lot and, and the car started getting sideways into a slide. And so I'm like, oh yeah, I, I, this is what, you know, okay. I, I got a slide. I know how to do this two wheel drive. You know, it was, this is an all wheel drive car, by the way, but I know how a slide works. And I started sliding and then, and then I realized, oh, it's all wheel drive. And I noticed it wasn't going the direction I was steering it. Because the car, everything in in the car's traction control told it to go straight, but we were going straight towards the curve, and I was counter steering away from the curve to get the car to snap and pull away, and it drove right into the curve. Mm. At, actually, it had a pretty good at a pretty good clip when it finally said, "Oh, now now we're going straight, and I've got traction. I'm going to go straight." <laughs> <laughs> So,
0: <laughs> and, and with some of the the new bikes, I don't know all the systems. I don't know any any of the new systems. Really, haven't haven't ridden anything new lately. But they've got um, it's not just ABS on or off. They've got different settings for for different terrain that you can set.
1: Yeah, and here's where it's it gets crazy. So the so a lot of them have traction control at different levels. They have ABS uh, on road ABS off road ABS, and typically off road ABS is the front still has ABS you know, so you're, so you, it's pretty much impossible to lock the front wheel up, but you can lock the rear wheel up. And, and this is where I don't understand how they're doing all their sensing. They they're using, I know what they're doing. They're using G forces more than, uh, more than wheel speeds. Cause typically the, the ABS works off of the wheel speed sensors, but once you lock the rear wheel up, you've given up that sensor's ability to tell what's going on.
0: Mm.
1: And so it has to use, it uses the 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 a lot and on the on the the less the the last version it's using just the g forces it can sense how much um pressure is is you know is essentially on that front wheel but now they're actually using the g forces and the lean angle of the not the necessarily lean angle but the the it is the it's the angle of the bike so it knows when the when the forks are getting compressed and the the angle of the bike is getting up there it, it uses some of that data as well, and then which which also translates into the bike going up or down a hill, which is kind of it's kind of strange, and that's that's where they still need to there still needs to be some development. For instance, Honda has on their Africa Twin they have uh, wheelie control, and so. It's kind of an on-road feature, and it's you set it to different levels, and 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 it'll allow you if you just you know nail the throttle, it'll pick the bike up into a, a nice wheelie, and it'll hold it at, really at a certain at a certain angle. Well, it won't necessarily hold it, but as long as you're holding the throttle and you still have and you still have, have the ability to build power, it will not let you. It essentially not let you loop out.
0: But it does. It allows you to pull the front wheel. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. Yeah. You can get, you know, so you just imagine you're on the street, you're in second gear and you just take the throttle and you whack it wide open and you don't have to do anything else. As long as you've got your balance side to side and you go straight, that bike will pull it up. And depending on level, it's one, two or three. And here's where I get confused. I don't know if one was the highest one or three was the highest. I think three was the most wheelie control. So in other words, it didn't go as high in three as it did in one. Um, but the bike pulls up and just pulls into this nice, Essentially, it's not a balance wheelie; it's still a power wheelie. But it goes long. Here's where that becomes a problem, or here's where it came a problem for me. I was out riding, and I went up. To, I came up to a really steep up uphill, very steep incline you know, on a jeep road. You know, and I came up and I didn't feel comfortable, so I stopped. And I stopped on the hill with the front wheel uh, pointing, you know, at a pretty good angle. And I wanted to get going again, and I couldn't get going because the throttle wouldn't give me any response oh it's it thinking would, you're,
0: you popped a wheelie it, it
1: would if i wasn't moving and i had but the minute i let the clutch out it said hey we're doing a wheelie. no good mm, right and it's something i could have wrote up no problem in in like an analog mode and at that point i hadn't watched the videos and and taught myself how to turn that particular feature off and now i know you know, it's, it's and it's and on that bike, you know, your thumb is going to be, your thumb and your forefinger are going to be very busy clicking some modes and switching some modes and holding a button for a certain amount of time and, and, and to, to turn that off and then traction control off, which at the same time, you know, it's going to spin a little bit and I know it's going to spin and I want it to spin, but the bike doesn't like it to spin. So it, it cuts power and sometimes you're spinning cause you, you know, you're going to need a burst of power. So this is where I get in fights with the traction control and that's not to say that maybe just a, a you know someone that's that's not at the same level wouldn't just hold the throttle steady and ride right up something and all those those features would actually do all the work that maybe their wrist and um a lot of times it's mostly just the wrist but you know they're they're <laughs> they would get the traction and go right up a certain hill mm-hmm. so that's a, that's a that's where this electronic stuff can be going i just wish it was on some bikes a lot easier to shut off you know, when you get into it and, you know, one of those, you know, 3% situations.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds to me like what you're describing is you're going to have to really spend some time reading your manual and, and understanding fully, probably taking a course um, with somebody who can teach you exactly what the different modes do. I mean, because because on the trail in a situation is not the time for the average rider to be messing around with, which, with what mode they're in or which setting they've got.
1: Yeah. You, you, and, and, that's that's where you know, and every bike has a certain setting or mode that it really likes, and some of the traction controls are better than others. You know, the adjustability is 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 actually really easy on the fly. It can be done, you know, and and that, so one of the things we really enjoyed about that new Yamaha was it has none of this. It has an on-off button for ABS, and and, and when we get a bike and we start testing it. I have to test all these different things to see how it works, and it's like, oh, this adds six different levels of testing. I have to go ride through this section, you know, five or six times with the different traction control settings.
0: Well, well, that's why I said first you have to figure it out, then you've got yeah. to go out and try it.
1: Yeah, and I would expect if I bought one of those bikes, you know, and that's what I would do. I would go try it in all these different modes to see, hey, what's the mode? You know, and and like the Honda has this user one and user two where you can kind of go in there and you can customize. You know your own settings. You can set your power at one level and your engine braking at a, at another level, and the sensitivity of you know. But then there's globally you can do wheelie control and traction control across all the different maps, and it's and and we haven't even gotten into the connectivity with the with the the pairing of phones and headsets and mm. and things like that, which in you know, when it's, when it's your one bike and you're, and that's the, the bike you're used to, and you have it connected to your phone and it's just like, you you know, you hop in your car these days and essentially, you know, your phone just pairs up to it. And you know, when it, when your phone rings, you, you push a button on the dashboard and you're talking, you know, and there's that ability with some of the motorcycles and stuff now, but they also, you know, through like uh Google play or Google car or Apple play. I don't know. There's, So many different ones, you know, and then some of the manufacturers have their own apps where they have their own navigation, you know, KTM has something called MyRide that connects to your, it kind of runs through your phone. It uses the GPS and stuff in your phone to, to, you know, work up onto the dashboard, what you're doing.
0: Well our, our vehicle still has a CD player in it so I'm not quite there as far as <laughs> as far as the vehicle goes but but let me ask you this I mean this is this is technology we see this with everything I mean if if I was to reference printing uh, you know producing a, a magazine or, or a book, it, you know, 30 years ago, let's say, it was a difficult, very laborious, expensive procedure to do. You didn't um, you didn't just run out and print yourself a book. Nowadays, you can order them online. You can literally print them in a few hours. So it makes it so that the average the average person can now all of a sudden do what it took a professional to do before. So let me bring that to what we're talking about now and thinking somebody like you have spent your whole life perfecting riding and becoming a very, very highly skilled rider. Do you see or maybe you're seeing already this technology sort of putting people into riding at your level without sort of earning, you know, th- their way there because of the technology?
1: Um no, not not really because the there's I mean that's and and that's why I'm I'm torn on the connectivity of the whole motorcycle and everything. You, no matter what you still have to have balance and your, your balance. Cause there's two things that are crucially important on the motorcycle. And I think you, you can listen to almost anybody that's a high level motorcycle coach and I'll tell you this. it's balance and traction. So there's only so much traction and then how much traction you have is a factor of how well balanced you are, how much you are in balance, no matter what you're doing. So if you if you're if you're constantly out of balance you're going to have less and less traction and then you know the compute even the computer is going to have a hard time <laughs> you know yeah, keeping but, but that's up with- what i'm
0: saying though the computer is going to make up for you though i mean you know if you like for instance you're, you're on the road and, and you crack the throttle and the rear wheel starts to spin and you've got traction control it instantly reduces throttle and you look like a hero because you've kept the bike straight or maybe the same thing with, with getting on the brakes you know what i mean like it it makes somebody look like they're a much it, better rider than what they are
1: yeah it's, it's gonna it's gonna Gonna, it's going to mask, it's going to mask the original problem. And so it'll never, it'll never, I, I want to say you'll never be as good of a, as a rider as you, <laughs> you know, it's, it's. Uh,
0: well, well, if you cut your teeth on a very advanced bike and then went to a regular bike, you might yeah, it, be in for a surprise.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to
0: help, but
1: um, it, it, it will, you know, I, I think you're always going to carry that that whatever your, 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 your riding issue, your problem is, if the, if the, if the computers and stuff are masking and are hiding, you know, if you're really ham-fisted on your brakes, for instance, and you're, you're, you know, you're really relying on ABS and we have riders that come in that are, that are like that. And the minute you turn it off, it's like, they're like, it, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they're just locking, you know, literally locking the brakes up and it, it upsets the chassis of the motorcycle because they're hitting the brakes so hard and like, they have to relearn some of this stuff. But I think, I think it's good for, from a safety perspective for, for some people, but I always think that maybe, you know, if you're, if you really want to get better, go, go back to something that's, a, that's really analog and, and, you know, spend some time, you know, making sure that you're not, <laughs> you don't have a... An unsolvable problem that, you know, that's kind of, you know, if it comes back to analog riding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But for safety, like I said, on the street, you know, you, you're riding along the street and you get on the brakes and you hit something slippery on the street or something, ABS can make the difference. So there those, um, and the same as traction control, it, it can make the difference of you going down or not. And, um, so, I mean, yeah, there's certainly a certainly the safety aspect of it.
1: Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely seen that for sure. I mean, I've seen it, I've seen it save some people and then, and then, you know, it's uh, then it's good.
0: But, but ABS, like I, I know that when I got my bike and had ABS and I wasn't used to it. One of the first things I noticed was my, my riding partner stops very quickly on this muddy road, puts his feet down and I jump on the brakes and kept going right by him as, as <laughs> this thing just shattered because I'd forgot to shut the ABS off. Cause it just, it wasn't a habit. Um, but boy, was it ever a scary, scary feeling.
1: My very first, uh, ABS experience on a BMW. And this is one of the old antiquated systems, you know, in a GS off-road is I was coming down a downhill kind of switchback turn with a lot of, a lot of washboards in it. And I just came in the turn like I normally did and got on the brakes and it said, nope, we don't have that good attraction. And it just kept rolling and rolling. And I'm, I'm mashing on the brakes because I'm not going to be able to slow down enough for the turn. And literally rode off into a, a ditch because I couldn't. You know, I, I was going twice as fast as what I would have been able to go around the turn at. So I just stood it up and found the best place I could ride off. With in my world, my brakes were locked up as much as I could get them to lock up, and they just went. <laughs> this is this was like you know GS eleven hundred. <laughs> if that And no puts matter it how is.
0: hard you get on the brakes, it doesn't matter. You you can pull and and and, and stand as much as you want. It's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and nowadays, you know, with off-road ABS, which you remember, you've got to remember to turn that on. You know, once you get onto gravel, uh, you should make sure you turn it because then you can lock the rear brake up. And then we'll talk about the we want to talk about skids here. You know, skid turning. This is really important. That if at least you can lock your rear brake up, then the off-road ABS will know that. Hey, I need more brakes. It'll actually give you more front braking. It'll it'll it'll. Be pretty. The front braking off road ABS is really aggressive.
0: Way back in 1976, some off road racers were looking for better quality parts than what they were already sourcing. So they decided to um, start their own company and produce the parts using that same passion that they had for racing itself. They formed IMS Products and now. 44 years later, IMS Products is still producing parts with the same passion and enthusiasm for what they do. But what has changed are those 44 years. IMS uses their 44 years of experience when they build their foot pegs, when they build everything for that matter. It's still owned by riders and ex-racers. So when you buy an IMS product, in particular, an IMS foot peg, you're buying a part that you know will perform. You can count on it, even outperform your expectations. They have a full line of foot pegs, all made with cast certified stainless steel, all heat treated with a homogenizing and a certified heat treating process, all built in the USA. And they all come with a lifetime warranty. Foot pegs are your connection to your bike. They add leverage and they give you control that you don't get with the stock pegs. IMSproducts.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them on Adventure Rider Radio, IMSproducts.com. Here's a website I want you to have a look at, redrockgarage.ca, redrockgarage.ca, .ca .ca means it's in Canada, and that's because the Red Rock Garage is in Canada. It's located in Beaverdale, British Columbia, on Highway 33. Beaverdale is is a small town, but it's surrounded by some incredible riding areas, both paved and dirt. Now, the Red Rock Garage is a coffee shop with a motorcycle addiction. The owner, Dan, always seems to be riding his bike off somewhere. Whether it's a long ride or a short ride, he finds any excuse to get out there. But for riders, the Red Rock Garage is well known for its great coffee. It's got an EV station as well. If you happen to ride a Zero or an electric bike, that would be kind of cool. Um, but they also have a B&B and b camping area, so you can make it a destination and explore the area surrounding Beaverdale, um, or you could stop in on your way through. The Red Rock Garage in Beaverdale, British Columbia, off Highway 33. And anytime you're talking with them, throw in there that you heard them on Adventure Rider Radio. Redrockgarage.ca. Uh, Road
1: ABS is really aggressive. Hmm.
0: Well, let's do that. I mean, we're, we're going to do rider skills now. We're going to talk about skid turns. Um, I think we should start off by by getting you to describe what exactly is a skid turn.
1: So a skid turn is when you're going to uh, lock up your rear wheel in order to get the bike out of line. And, and so what you're trying to do, and remember this is a very advanced technique, you're trying to you're you're initiating a turn, and you're trying to get more turn than you know. Just rolling your wheels, what ordinarily just rolling your wheels through the turn would accomplish. You're trying to kick the back end out to decrease the turn
0: angle. And why would we do that?
1: You don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, well, uh, I do it when I'm on like a like a two track road, and I need to turn around and go back the other direction. So a lot of times I'll kind of go I'll, I'll get to the middle of the road and I'll 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 do a skid and then I'll slide the back end out and pivot the bike around so I can make a turn without having to do a 22 point turn.
0: Right. And same as if you um, were turning off a trail or something that's going the other way. Maybe it was maybe it was headed slightly angled back in the direction that you were coming in that that'd be a handy spot for it.
1: Yep, yep, like on you know we use that technique sometimes, you know, you use it to drag the back end around on a kind of more of a switchbacky type of a turn or um, it's it's almost more of a of a quote a show off maneuver yeah. than it is actually uh, that effective. But w- the reason the reason that I think that it's it's a valuable skill to have in your pocket is because it's, it's bike control. It shows that, you know, it's a, it's a level of bike control and where it really, really pays off is. So when you do do a panic breaking and somehow the terrain or your balance gets your back end out of line, so you're doing a skid turn and you don't want to, you are aware of what that feels like and you know how to react to it. So it's almost, Mm -hmm. you want to practice it. So when it happens, you can say, Oh, I don't, I don't want this to happen and you can do the right thing. You know what the feeling is. It's not a, it's not a surprise.
0: Yeah. And it's not a panicked feeling you're quite comfortable with it. And, and it all adds to your, your control of the bike, doesn't it? I mean, the more things you can do with this, the more comfortable you are on the bike, the more things you can do.
1: Just like, you know, you know, lofting the front wheel or popping a wheelie, you know, it's mm-hmm. everybody wants to do it and it's a show off thing. It's like, how much are you really going to, how much you really going to do that? But boy, if you need to do it, you need to do it now and you need to know how to do it. Um, but it's not something that you would say it's, it's not a skill that's required to be an adventure rider, you know, to, to, to be able to safely go ride your motorcycle. But if you do have it, it's something that can, you know, just like the skid turn, it's something that can, that can help you in certain situations. Um, but mostly it's kind of more of a preventative thing. It's a bike control skill that just gets you comfortable on the motorcycle
0: let's start off by talking about maybe the downside. First of all, what level of skill do you think this is? Is this beginner, intermediate, advanced or ho- however advanced, advanced. You think Absolute, advanced,
1: absolutely advanced. Cause the consequences, um, are high and, and it's, it's like, um, I, I heard you talking to Chris Birch about, about how his, uh, his sliding his uh, power sliding, I guess he called it mm-hmm. is, is, is his most quote dangerous, <laughs> dangerous skill. Um, and, and this is a thing where there's, there's a certain amount of commitment and the, the, the normal human reactions, uh, when something starts to go wrong with this, it, a lot of times it's getting off the rear brake. Uh, you know, you panic and you sort of start, you know, doing some of the wrong things and you get off the rear brake or you touch the front brake. Well, all of a sudden you're going to initiate a lot more traction and the wheels are out of line going in two different directions and it generally equates into a high side.
0: Right. Right. So the risks are high here, but um, it is something you can sort of build up to, though. You, you can start absolutely. off slow with this, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. We, within the way we teach this, is in a, is in a really kind of, kind of really controlled manner. We do this on a dry lake bed, so there's so there's plenty of room, um, very consistent traction. That's also important uh, when you start learning this, uh, and and the ability to start in small steps. And the way that we start this is by doing a straight skid, just a skid in a straight line. Um, so the important thing is remember, turn off your ABS. If you have ABS, you have to make sure your ABS is off because you can't get the back end to slide out with the ABS on. That's kind of the purpose of it because they don't want the back end to slide out. What what if and,
0: you have one of the advanced models now with, with the different models, the off-road or the different modes rather? Could you do an off-road mode or something?
1: Yeah, if you have off-road ABS, it, the off-road ABS typically in every bike I've ever done that has off-road ABS allows you to lock the rear brake completely. Okay. It allows it allows us a, a rear wheel skid. So so you need to you know you need to have a rear wheel skid going here
0: and, and try then, it and if it doesn't then obviously you're gonna have to shut it off.
1: Right. Yeah. And and or it's a it's a setting you have to go to. And and the other the other thing in this drills when we're doing this is we're never ever gonna touch the front brake at all during any of these drills. So a, ABS is off. You have to have the ability to skid the rear wheel and no touching the front brake at all.
0: So So, you you mentioned starting off with a a straight line. Let's, let's start there.
1: So we have um, students just do a nice straight skid. And the reason for that is I want you to get comfortable knowing what it feels like to push down on the brake pedal, to lock the rear uh, wheel up um, to, so you, you understand that you have control. Make sure you're covering your clutch and we say cover your clutch, which generally means you're pulling in because if you, if you don't pull in your clutch, you're going to stall the bike and you Mm -hmm. always want to have the bike running. <laughs> so, so we have you do a straight skid, but here's where we're different. I mean, have you skid to a complete stop? So you only have to go about 10 miles an hour. And so you roll off the throttle, pull in the clutch, lock up your rear brake and skid to a straight, straight, you know, you skid nice straight and you come to a stop. And when you come to the stop, you get to put one foot down and only one foot down. And there's, there's a reason for this. Can you guess?
0: Uh, well, you're going to need your right foot on the brake.
1: Right. So you're going to put your left foot down. Right. But I want you to put your right foot down.
0: Oh, you want put the, you want okay. It. I see. So you want to, you, what you're doing here is you're tricking us into working with our balance.
1: It's a balance. Every drill that we have has balance. And uh, the, uh, you, anytime we start harping back to why, why does Jimmy always, you know, what, what's the game here? It's, I want you to be balanced. I want you to be hyper aware of what your balance is because it's going to determine the outcome of everything you do.
0: So, you know, Jimmy. let me interrupt you there about, you know, because you talked before about balance when we've had you on the show and and you, one of the, one of the exercises you did is a common exercise really, because it's one of those things that you have to do with a lot of places to get your motorcycle license is walk around your bike and balance your bike. But I got to say, I've put some hours into balancing like you instructed, and I'm really surprised that at the change in, obviously myself, balancing my own bike. I thought I had a balance well before, but now that I've put some hours into it, I can already see an improvement with it. And it's, it's really surprising. It takes some time. It definitely takes some time, but, um, huge improvement in, uh, in just getting a feel for the bike.
1: Um, I don't, I don't doubt that, especially the more we're talking about heavier adventure bikes, you know, the bigger, the more heavier, the more loaded you are, the more aware you are of, of the balance will change you know, the way you, the way you ride and the, 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 the it, it's, it's, it'll, it, you'll realize how maybe unsafe some of the stuff you were doing before may have actually been because you're using speed and momentum to compensate for the crux of the problem, which is, is essentially, is essentially the balance. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we, we do this, these straight line skids and you get to the point and in the, re, there's, so there's two reasons for that. Number one is balance. And number two is to make sure that you're actually coming to a complete stop. Because most people will not come to the complete stop because guess what? You're going to tip over if you're out of balance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so, so they'll do these skids and they'll, they'll, they'll only go down to like three miles an hour and then they'll release the brake and then, and then go again. And they never actually come to the stop or they try to put that right foot down and they're still moving because they haven't come to the complete stop. So there's the, there's the, the, the beginning of this drill.
0: So straight, and then, we're going to do a straight skid. We're going to, we're going to lock up that rear wheel. We're going to stop the bike. And then we're going to take our right foot, which was actuating the brake. And we're going to use that right foot to put down. The left foot stays in the peg.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so both feet, ideally you want to, you want to call it out. You want to do a skid and say, okay, I'm going to put my right foot down this time. Okay. I'm going to put my left foot down this time. So okay. you're in control. You're deciding what you're going to do and, and make sure that you can stop and put that one foot down. And, and this is why there's no front brake in this drill other than, it would, it, you know, cause you could cheat it if you have your front brake, cause you got your fingers up there and then you can take either foot off and you still have, I want you to make sure that the, what's stopping the motorcycle has done its job and we're finished with it. And then we're going to put our foot down.
0: Okay. All right. That's uh, the first step.
1: Right. So you, you gotta be really comfortable doing that. And then we're going to start, you know, we're starting the sliding portion of this drill. And so, so. The question is always is, how do I get the back end to to slide out of line, especially when you're on a nice, smooth surface that doesn't have any incline and stuff like that? Well, there's a there's a number of different ways and there's there's one correct way and a bunch of ways to cheat it. And in, in the beginning, you're so focused on just getting the back end out. We let people cheat it. But so the way you get it out is by knocking yourself a little bit out of balance. So you're essentially initiating a turn. And when you, when you lean the bike, let's say if you lean the bike to the right, the back end will naturally want to slide out to the left if the rear wheel's locked up because it, it doesn't have traction. So it's going to kind of start sliding out. So, so in the beginning, um, a lot of times if you just, if you just, you're doing that nice straight skid, like you were before, all you have to do is turn the handlebars. So you turn the handlebars in whatever direction you want the back end to kind of go opposite of if does that make sense so if you're if you start turning to to the right the back end will kind of come out to the left is that is that uh kind of clear there
0: you might want to walk through that again
1: okay so you're skidding in a straight line Mm -hmm. and then and then and then you you know you you don't have to be going that fast 10 miles an hour so you start skidding you start slowing down as you start slowing down you start turning the bars to the right well depending on how much you're leaning it's mostly has to do with the leaning is how much it'll slide in the beginning generally you're just gonna steer the front wheel out of line from the rear wheel. so you're not really doing a slide just yet but you're kind of starting it. So like I say in the beginning we just have to turn the bars. The more you turn the bars the more out of line the bike is going to become okay so so if you want to quote slide more keep turning the bars more and more and more. if you want to slide less then you would steer the bars back towards center. So that, that would be kind of counter steering. So, so, and, and as you do this, you know, as you, as you do it with like a little more speed and a little more confidence, you're going to start actually leaning the bike a little bit, and that's going to allow the back end to slide out a little bit more. So it's, it's, it's at your comfort level, you know, and, and right now I'm talking about turning the handlebars, you're putting energy into the handlebars, which I never want you to do. That's why I say this is the kind of the first step. So you steer and then it'll get the back end to slide. And every time you do this, you want to come to a complete stop when you're done. And you want to put only one foot down.
0: And when you when you were starting this, when we we're starting the skid, we're starting the skid first, then bar action second, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. So so there's four steps. To this it's throttle, cover the clutch, lock up the rear brake, then do your turn. You know, then you, then you initiate the, the, the turn to get the, the thing in that order, throttle, clutch, brake, turn. So this is, this is a lot
0: like fishtailing really. It's kind of like the the same thing as it's very similar to power sliding, isn't it?
1: Uh, a little bit, yeah, but but we're but we're slow we're slowing down, not right. not speed, yeah, speeding up. But I mean, most
0: people have done that in a car. You know, they get that feeling of they kick out the back end and and they get that feeling of sliding and then steering with it. That's sort of what you're doing with the bike at this point when you've got the rear wheel locked up. You're you're using the bars to steer yourself as you go along. Yes. with your rear wheel locked up.
1: Right. And, and you can, you know, so, you, so, so, you, you know, you stop with one foot down and see when you start sliding, the bike is actually leaning. It's, it's going to fall in. You don't want it to kind of cross over and go. Cause that's, the, that's the high side. If you, if you're, if you're, if you're turning to the right and the bike's not leaning down to the right, if it, you think about it just right now, if it stands up more than parallel and starts going to the left, you are now into that high side. Um, portion of you're gonna get chucked off to the other side mm-hmm. and 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 generally when that starts happening, you take your weight off that outside foot peg and now everything's you have no control over that motorcycle because you're trying to put that outside foot down and it's gonna just huck you. so so you 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 do that's why you sneak up on this drill we say do do it kind of nice and smooth and carefully. so you get your back end sliding out. You come to a complete stop, and then you've got to regain balance of the bike. And a really good rider will actually when the, the last little bit of energy the bike has, they'll use that to stand the bike back up into into a balancing, not throw it over to the other side, but just stand it back up. So, so that's kind of step one is is using the using the bars. Now, so, now can
0: I just throw in there that the, the the precaution you already said this was that we don't want to let off the rear brake while we're doing this.
1: Oh yeah, never. because if you do then it's a then it's like almost more of a guaranteed high side because like i said the wheels are now in two different planes they're traveling kind of in two different directions the rear wheel wants to go one way and the 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 steering the front wheel wants to go another direction and when when they grab traction which which is what happens when you release the the front already has traction but when you release the rear brake it will grab more traction and it will want to you know it'll literally stand the bike right up and usually right over.
0: Mm-hmm. And it wants to snap in behind, doesn't it? It wants to snap in behind the front wheel as soon as you get off that brake. It,
1: yeah, it wants to it wants to steer itself in, into line, but you're out of line. Mm-hmm. So it yeah, it's not good. So so if you catch yourself when you're doing those straight skids not keeping the wheel locked up, um you really need to to make sure that you're keeping it locked up.
0: Right. So when you start off and you're doing that straight skid, you make sure you've got that mastered before you start moving on to step 2.
1: Yep. Correct. Advanced skill. (laughs) Um, So, so now I'm going to, I'm going to talk about something we call kind of a little more counter steering. So you're, you're doing this slide and we, we tell people to kind of like shove your butt, you know, you can, you can shove your butt or if you're standing up, you can push on the foot pegs, you know, to, to kind of counter, you know, I don't want to call it necessarily counter steer, but at that point you're, instead of, instead of, you know, turning the bars in, you're actually kind of pushing the back end out of line if that makes mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning we steered our way into the slide and now I want you to now you're skidding in that straight line I want you to try to shove the back end out from underneath you. And and so at that point you it's almost like you you most riders will tend to push on the handlebars, not the right way to do it, but they may turn in a little bit and then try to push on the handlebars. And and imagine like if you're sitting in your chair right now or whatever you're doing, you kind of try to shove your butt out from underneath you. If you're sitting down or if you're standing up, you would try to push whatever your inside foot is out from underneath you. And it's the same as initiating a turn in our world. Like when we, when we initiate a turn, we wait the, inside foot peg that we weight the foot peg in the direction we want to go
0: Mm -hmm.
1: now you're you're using that weight to push the back end out from underneath you that that's kind of the that's kind of like the second step now we're forcibly trying to get the bike you know you're you're using some muscles to get it going
0: now do you find it easier for people to learn this standing or sitting
1: um for most people in the beginning, it's easier sitting because they're, they're, they they just tend to feel a little bit more comfortable. And th- it depends on how well they stand up to begin with, which is a whole nother <laughs> top of a discussion is like how to stand on the motorcycle. Most people don't really stand up on the motorcycle. They go into this crunch and they're, they're gripped on the handlebars. And, and when we start talking about like the next thing. So it's easier to do sitting because it's kind of, you can kind of sit there and think about sliding your butt side to side, but you think about kicking your inside foot out from underneath you is, is like, that's really weird. And, and then you'll grab onto the handlebars. And if you stiffen up on the motorcycle, if you tighten up on the motorcycle, um, when you're standing up, you are going to, you're going to bind the motorcycle up and it's not going to do what it wants to do. So you get comfortable, kind of now shoving the bike out from underneath you, getting these little slides going, coming to a complete stop, regaining your balance, you know, and then putting one foot down. And it's really hard for people to slide, make your back end go out to the left, you know, so you so you so you're so you're skidding with your back end going out to the left, coming to a complete stop, and then putting the right foot down.
0: Yeah, because because you're in a position where you could easily be out of balance and the bike's leaned over already.
1: Yeah. And you, you don't want to take your foot, you know, you can't take your, when you're sliding, you can't take your foot off the brake. That's why it's a lot easier for people. I got involved in a discussion where they were talking about which direction it's easier to turn. And I always say to the left, because your brake pedals on the right. And, and, and if something starts going wrong, you want to take your foot off the brake pedal. And especially in slow speed turns, people have a harder time turning to the right because they, they, they want to have their brake control with their foot. Mm. So same same thing applies here if you if you find one side is harder than the other start thinking about like oh why why is it this and then practice that. Practice getting comfortable and a lot of times because you won't lean because when you when you do slide the bike and the back end goes out to the left, your right foot is now underneath you and it can't help, you know, you want to put your foot out to catch your balance, especially when you start slowing down quite a bit,
0: mm-hmm. you can't
1: do that. So
0: yeah. And, and it's also, you you tend to feel like you're reaching for the brake,
1: Right. And it depends on how your brake pedal is set up too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so there's a, there's a, there's a lot to it. So now we get into like, okay, how do you really want it? How do you, how do you really want to do this? And so it's the same thing. You ride along, shop throttle, pulling the clutch, you, you lock up your rear brake and now with your foot pegs, so you'd be standing up, you would init- essentially initiate a turn. In the, in the opposite direction of the way you want the rear wheel to slide out. So if I want my back end to slide out to the left, I, now I'm skidding, I'm going to put a lot of weight into the right foot peg and just naturally let the bike start sliding. And then I'm going to do all of my steering of the motorcycle, like more slide, less slide, through my balance. So it's essentially up in my shoulders. It's what I'm doing with my shoulders. The more, the more I drop my inside shoulder, the more weight I put on that inside foot peg, the more the back end is going to slide out. And the more I take the weight off, I don't want to say throw the weight to the other side, but the more weight I take off, the more it's going to, and then, and then the momentum of the bike sliding will start taking over. You know, you sort of initiate it mm-hmm. and then you let it start happening. And it's, a, it's a very, very high level feel.
0: Now, I, I know we're going to get into getting some gas on this, but before we do, you did mention uh, about that we weren't going to use a front brake. Now I know that's for learning this, this procedure, but after you're getting the hang of this, you can use the front brake to slow yourself down to make sure you get the corner. If you came in a little too fast.
1: Um, so um, when we start talking about how to, in, in my very idealized way of teaching all braking and all acceleration is done in a straight line. So if I wanted to break, as effectively, as effectively as possible, I would not be sliding. I would not have my rear end sliding out one bit and until you're at a ridiculously high level as a rider, it's, I've never seen it faster and we've done, we did do section times on things. You know, we have a turn and we, we actually have guys that say, I want to slide into this turn to go faster. And we prove to them that it's not faster if they just would concentrate on doing their braking. And 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 you can see this like it. Okay, we'll use MotoGP because that's the, the elite level. You see them stepping their back end out. You know they're doing the the thing where they have the back end set out, and then they just drop it right into a turn. Mm-hmm. If 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 that back end's out, and before they go in the turn, it stood back up straight again, and then they reinitiated the turn. They've just done three extra things that they probably shouldn't have done, and it's going to cost them time, which is crucial. So I, and I, I very rarely see a rider that can actually slide the back end out and drop the bike into the turn without standing it back up again. So it's kind of a, it's kind of like a, a misnomer that that's actually going to be, going to be faster. And, and the, the, you know, the, so the technique of having the back end kind of hung out and then just effortlessly continuing into your, into your control portion of the turn because you're, you're blending at that point, you're blending deceleration, initiating a turn, and then controlling a turn all into one kind of one blended fluid motion. And uh, I don't, I don't. <laughs> well, let me give you few. an example. Listen, this, I, th- I can only do that about 70% of the time. And I practice it.
0: Okay. So this is where I find it. Like, for instance, we, we talked about, you, you mentioned about the, um, the surface being the same, and we didn't elaborate on that either. And there's a, there's a reason that the surface has to be consistent as you're doing your skid, because if you start skid on um, a certain st- type of surface that gives you some resistance, then you hit something that gives you no resistance, like a little patch of pavement or something like that with some sand on it, well, you know what's going to happen. It's going to whip around. But there are times where you, where you go down and maybe I'm going too fast uh, to begin with uh, as I come down and I, and I start to do my skid where I will use the front brake to slow it down to make sure that I get right to that corner and then whip around the corner. Now, it's not so much to make the corner faster, but it's to, to make the maneuver because I'm in a tight spot here and, and I don't have any I don't have any place to maneuver.
1: Right. So at this point, the slide is a result of, the, the slide is not a positive thing, the slide is a bad thing.
0: No, no, the slide is, a, is done on purpose. So, so I've come up and I've slid, but I, what I've done is I've just got a little bit too much speed and I'll just use a little bit of front brake to bring it in control and then make that right turn or left turn.
1: Uh, I would see before I would use, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like this one. <laughs> so, so, so you said, you said the, so a couple of the keywords that I, that I, that I focused in on. I was going a little bit too fast. <laughs> that's, that's how every, every crash story generally starts where they want it. They want to know the magic ingredient. Well, well let me reword to, that, Jimmy. Hang on. No, I wasn't no, no. going too I, fast. I, yeah, yeah. There I, I wasn't enough so,
0: space. So, so. The, the The space wasn't correct.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> so so you over you overestimated your braking distance and you came in a little bit hot and the back end stepped out or you stepped the no, back end out. No, I stepped the back end if out. I, if, I, if I wanted to slow the bike down, no matter what, I would want to be going with my wheels in a straight line. I would never want to have it sliding out. So the only time I'm really stepping the back end out to slow the bike down it is never. It's, well, it, well the, but the, that, the reason
0: I got into doing this a little bit is because just practicing and, and it was, mm-hmm. and then you can go into a power slide for instance, and you can use, you know, you could use your front brake a little bit if you're, if you start going too fast in your power slide. Um, but it was just a, it was just a thing to modulate that speed, but obviously it's something that, um, that you're not, you're not using.
1: No, I, if I want to slow down, I'm going to be, in, I'm going to have my wheels in a straight line. Um, mm-hmm. But here's where it becomes practical. Is so when you're you're on a nice you know you're on a gravel dirt road that has a little bit of camber to it and you start getting on your brakes yeah. and because of the camber it's going to cause it's going to cause you to go into a slide. You might get on the brakes and there might be a rut that sort of catches the back wheel and it starts getting you into kind of a you know a skid you know, a skidding turn situation to where it where the, now the back end is stepping out because this is all done in, under braking. You know once once you transfer to acceleration or controlling a turn that's the whole different. The that's a whole different technique, um, but the the so so the reason we practice this is that so when it does start happening, you you feel it and you say hey, because if you're if you're on perfectly smooth ground or you know good traction and you start locking your brake up and you're loose on the bike, it will track the back end in line. But if you're on your front brake hard already, there's no weight on the rear wheel. And depending on your your state of balance, it's going to cause it to come out more or less. Mm. And so, so because you're transferring all that weight up onto the front, the front has really good traction. The back end is loose, and so it's really easy to to get it to maneuver around in different spots.
0: Yeah, that's not to, what I'm, I'm talking about. I, I, I'm not talking yeah. about initiating front brake first. Front brake is after the fact. It's after you're already doing your slide. You're comfortable. You're coming up to your corner, and you're just going to slow it down a little bit to to match your your corner. I, your- I would
1: never. If my back end were out of line with my front, I would never apply more front brake. If that makes sense. Okay. If the, the- if the if the back end if the back end is not in line with my front, my front brake is absolutely not effective because if I start if my back end's out there and I start getting on my front my front brake that back end is going to start coming around even more. Like well, it's, if
0: you get on it hard, but but let's let's use yeah. that example that you were talking about. You're talking about an off camber road. Let's say you let's say you were going down a trail and you were going to do a, a skid to turn up um, off another trail. And mm-hmm. as you came up, the traction the the surface changed. You didn't realize it, and it became slick, not super slick, so that it's, it's just whipping around. But but slicker, so the back end actually starts to come around, starts more.
1: to go more. Yeah. What do you do? Off the rear brake, very quickly before it becomes a high side. Okay so and and that's where it's just identifying that hey this isn't going to go well because if it if it if it does and and the next step i was going to talk about is like what what happens when start, stuff starts going wrong mm-hmm. so 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 if 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 that's the situation if i'm slowing down and I'm in the back end really starts going if it's not too late i will come off the brakes because because at that point, I still have the traction to kind of, to kind of continue the, and then come back onto the brakes. But if, 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 if it goes and it goes so quickly that it really steps out, you know, it really goes at that point, you, you got to start considering your options and the best one is generally low side, mm, <laughs> you yeah. know, to, to, to put it down. Cause you, you, you know, you want the bike to, you know, you know, it's going to step out and if it starts, Excel, if it, if it feels like the slide is accelerating at any point, and you didn't ask for the slide to accelerate, um, that's 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 going to happen. <laughs> that, that's a bad thing, you know. And yeah. I, I see that like on on grease, you know, greasy mud. You know, when you you hit that, you know, white or red clay, you you kind of come in and you're, and and at that point, I, I I would never want to have a slide going at all, mm-hmm. because it's a it's a it's just uh, dangerous. It's not uh, it's yeah. very hard to control, control at that point. The are the odds of controlling it are are very low. So, but if in, in in like i said in our idealized world of just if you're using this to slow down slow down in straight lines and never have the back end sliding out if you're using it like at a slow speed if you're using it as a slow speed maneuver to pivot the bike around then you know then it's a then it's a, a bike control technique and that's usually done at you know five seven miles an hour maximum you know is, is when you would you know when you would cause the bike to snap and kind of skid around if you start doing it at 10 12 miles an hour and here's where that technique is a, quite a bit different than what we are talking about so at that point you throttle clutch you initiate your turn then you lock up very purposely your rear brake okay so that takes it from a level one two three all the way up to level nine like because when because now your wheels are a little bit out of line and you lock up that rear brake the rear end will violently step around. out from underneath you yeah. and that's how you initiate that skid to pivot the bike around kind of all of a sudden now there's no traction on the rear wheel all your traction's on the front wheel and there's no generally no brake involved at this point because you know you're you're literally not really even rolling and the bike pivots around the front wheel
0: mm-hmm. before we move into get, getting on, on the gas now is there an ideal speed or is there a maximum speed that you would put to this um not it's skill level
1: not in this, yeah it's skill level it's it's skill level and comfort and like i said i i don't i in in my we teach like this very idealized way of riding and then you kind of factor everything i would never want the back end to slide out if i was trying to ride as efficient and as fast and quickly as possible i would always want my wheels to be in line if I was accelerating or decelerating, and of course this is kind of during the deceleration portion, um, it it doesn't look as fancy to go in nice and straight, get done with your braking, then initiate the turn, <laughs> you know. But I I promise you that 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 isolating that the four steps, you know, um, into each their individual step is probably the most the, the best thing you can do.
0: It's, it's it's a bit of a trashy maneuver, is what you're saying. It's.
1: <laughs> It's, uh, it's, it's risky and, and it's more, the reason to practice this is more to know that you, it's to, it's to realize that something's going wrong. Cause when my back end is stepped out and I didn't do it on purpose, something's wrong mm-hmm. and I need to correct that to, to do the next thing.
0: And comfort and the comfort of the bike in that position. So you know what to do and you know how right. it feels on the, on the road yeah. should you and- find yourself in that position.
1: And so your reactions are, you know, cause sometimes people have bad reactions like they, like the back end starts skidding and they don't realize it's skidding and then it skids out too far. And then they let go of the brake cause they panic. And then that's when bad things happen. Mm-hmm. So you want to sneak up on that in a, in a controlled environment. Again, take that out of control situation, put it in some sort of a controlled environment so you can work on your techniques and, and then you can push it a little bit. Can I go a little bit farther? How far can, and I, you know, on my adventure bike, I can skid a 180 pretty easily. How fast am I going? Maybe 10 miles an hour when I start it, maybe seven miles an hour when I start it and I can still get the bike to pivot around. And so I'm pointing the complete opposite direction I was coming from. Um, And and it's all done with finesse, very little muscles.
0: Okay, so what's our next move?
1: Uh, now that you're, uh, hopefully you've gotten your bike back into a straight line and you can continue slowing down. Um, or if you're using it to, 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 to slide the bike around, to, to pivot it in a, you know, to pivot it around, you've got the bike pointed the next direction. Hopefully you're balanced and you're into the controlling the turn phase. So whatever speed you have at that point, you're, you're in this constant, you're at a constant speed. Um, you know, continuing around the turn till you're pointed the direction you want to go, then you can accelerate, or you've got the bike turned in the direction you want to go, you're pointed the direction you want to go, and now you can accelerate again.
0: So when you come up to that where you would have stopped in, in the initial phases, in the initial two phases of what we just talked about, you've you've made your skid, you've got your bike pointed in the new direction. You you've basically come to a stop and now you're you're going to let the clutch out and give it some throttle. Right, And you're off in the right direction. Now, now if, let me ask you this then, if you were coming up to a turn that you couldn't make otherwise without that skid, what's another method to make that turn without stopping?
1: So really, you're talking about a really tight turn.
0: Yeah, a tight turn where you're, like you like I said, you're almost heading back in the direction that you came. And this yeah. is where I see um, this maneuver is, is kind of handy. If the, I mean, everything has to be right.
1: Yeah. It, it's on, on the adventure bike. It's a, it's a diff, it's a really difficult, I, I mean, there are times, there are definitely times when I do it, but it's from lots of, lots of practice, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, you start doing the, you know, the, the X amount of point turn, the three or five point turn where you, you, you turn as much as you can. And then you, you, you go to the edge of the road, you know, or whatever, you know, or the trail or whatever it is that you're, you're at. And at that point, I will pretty much stab my front brake and compress the fork and then when the fork rebounds, I release the brake and roll backwards and then do this motion back and forth. So I'm actually not using um, a lot of muscles. Bike's very balanced when I do this.
0: Are you talking stop with your feet down?
1: Uh, I will usually have one foot down when I'm doing this, generally the left
0: foot. Yeah, okay. I'm saying, but without putting your feet down, if you didn't want to. But but that's a really uh, good method. Hang on. That's a really good method you just talked about. You're sort of using the crown of the trail to rock yourself back and forth?
1: Yep, the crown of the trail and or the and the but the spring of the fork also yeah the the yeah. rebound action of the fork to, to help kind of get the bike to roll around but um, if if your turning radius is bigger than the the turn you are going to have to like you know you're going to have to do some sort of a skid or you're going to have to do a multiple point turn right and then it just comes to looking for the best spot to put your wheel you know, your wheels know where they're going to go to do it. You know, sometimes there's a rock you can actually, you know, bounce off of. You can go tap the rock or there's a, there's a nice smoother place where there's an incline. And generally on, on roads that are this tight, other people on, on cars and trucks and different things have had to do the same thing. So there's oftentimes there's good places to put your wheels. And then there's also really bad places. And I've seen, you know, some, some of these turns like this, they have big potholes in them and someone will do, do the, the, they'll get three quarters of the way through the turn and drop their front wheel into a hole. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, how are you going to back it up now? And when you could have just been a foot over and then there, you know, there wasn't a hole and it would easily roll backwards. So. Yeah,
0: that's such a good point. I, I mean, you, you do see it a lot. As, um, it's paying attention to what what's happening before you get into that position, isn't it? Or, you know, um, assess yeah. it as you come up rather than coming up stopping and then saying, now what am I going to do?
1: And here's where I'll roll back to you. It's generally the reason they put their wheeler well i was going a little bit too fast and <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's i it's told you jimmy every, i was not going too fast i misspoke it was there just wasn't <laughs> enough space that's all
1: understood <laughs> it, it, when, when when i when i go do events and demos and stuff like that people they'll come up and they'll, they'll, they'll always they'll, they'll they'll tell them they'll have this situation and it 90 percent of the time it starts with that and then i then i go <laughs> they, they start talking and they've said that and i go hold on hold on, hold on one second um, I can tell you the answer right now. They go, no, I haven't told you what happened. I go, no, you just did. You, you were going a little <laughs> bit too fast. And they're, they're like, Oh, well, but no, <laughs> really what they're and asking
0: you is how to recover from a screw up. Really, really. <laughs> that, that's what I just proposed. <laughs> how breaks. do you recover from something I've done wrong Break. to begin with?
1: Uh, breaks a little while ago. And, <laughs> and, and I have this magic ability of being able to watch people ride. And I tell them, stop, 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 stop. And they're like, what? I go, you're starting to crash. And they're like, huh? They don't even realize it, but I, I've seen, I've, I've seen what's happening, you know, the, the crash in the, or the, or the problem, the problem starts way before most people even realize that there's a problem period. So I'm looking at things like balance traction. And then I have a, an assessment of how good that person is on their brakes. And that's where all the problems tend to arise balance traction. And then, uh, are they are they going to slow down? <laughs> are we going to slow down for this? <laughs> so,
0: yeah, skid steer. Great information, Jimmy. Always fun to learn from you. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Okay, I appreciate it. Bye.
0: Jimmy Lewis from his training center in Peru, Nevada. His website is jimmylewisoffroad.com. Of course, we'll have a link to uh, Jimmy Lewis Offroad in our show notes for this episode. Now, in this episode, I mentioned about another rider skills where we had Jimmy talk about uh, balance. This is a great episode to listen to because you can practice balance without having to ride your bike. And Jimmy is an expert on the topic. There's no doubt he's well known for that. The episode gave us instruction and um, some exercises that you can use anytime, even when you're just standing around in a parking lot. So you might want to go back and listen to that if if you haven't yet, or maybe listen to it again. That balance episode is called Building Riding Skills Without Riding. And then it also says Southward Chronicles Plans Change. That was the other section on that piece. Now, you can pop over to our website, adventureriderradio.com, and you can also click on the Rider Skills link. That'll give you all the Rider Skills episodes, or you can go to our search box, where you'll find on most pages down the right-hand side, and just search for Jimmy Lewis. up another episode of adventure rider radio and we sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it special thanks to our producer Elizabeth Martin and of course you thank you very much for being a listener being a part of the show um, by listening to the show and we would love to hear what you think drop by our website adventure every episode has its own page where there's show notes there where there's photographs and and things to, to find out links etc that we talk about in each episode as well a little spot on the bottom for comments we'd love to get your comments on there don't forget to follow us on Facebook and we would love a rating rate us any Anywhere you find podcasts, iTunes in particular, um, but anywhere you're finding your podcast, anywhere you're listening, we would love to get, of course, a five-star rating from you. We'd love to get that rating from you. We would really appreciate it if you could do that. And very importantly... We need your support. This show is built on a model of some advertising and listener support. Drop by our website, adventureriderradio.com. Click on support. We'd love to get you in on our our patron support system. There's some kickbacks there and and some bonuses or incentives, I guess you could call them, um, that we have on the website. Uh, Anything $10 or more gets you a sticker sent at you. Anything $50 or more gets you a mention on our Raw show. So, again, adventureriderradio.com and click on support. My name is Jim Martin. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Carl Parker from 80 Moto Magazine, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. <laughs>